Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, the show I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. My name is Matt Wakeling, and thank you so much for joining me for episode number 99. Now today, our friend Simon Kinney Lewis returns to speak about his fantastic new record, Bad Whiskey, which finds Simon and his band in red-hot form. Simon effortlessly mixes his soulful blues playing with searing tones and some really cool harmonic twists along the way. Of course, Simon's vocals are killer and the whole band is on fire. Simon talks us through the making of the album, including getting Brett Garson from John Farnham's band on a couple of tracks, touring with Chris Kane whilst breaking through in the US, and much more. Now Simon appeared on episode 55 of the Guitar Speak podcast where we got his whole backstory, but today we're focusing in on the last, I don't know, 14 months or so, which has been an incredible time for Simon and his band. All right, here we go. Simon Kinney Lewis, welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast. Hi Matt, thanks for having me. Great, great to have you, man. I was just just going back through our um, our last conversation, we we met in July last year, 2017. That's when you were a guest on the show, and we got um, yep. we got up to speed. Um, and now we're going to talk about your new record, Bad Whiskey, which has just come out uh, November 2018. Um, but yep. can we do a quick catch up because the last I don't know what is it like 14 months or so. You've you've done stacks of stuff since we last podcasted so maybe we should just yeah. do a quick yeah it's been a lot of stuff going on yeah awesome man so i think when we spoke catfish had just come out yes that's right yeah so like yeah you... oh it, it, it was either in the making um uh, in the mixing kind of stages um and uh i think so i i, I don't know i i think it was like yeah, I think it was kind of in the middle of being mixed. Sure, sure. And that did really well for you. Hey, that was really well received. It was great. Yeah, it went went to number one on the Australian Blues and Roots. Yeah, and it's awesome. got Chris Wilson on harmonica. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I flew him into, into uh, the, you know, down from Melbourne down to, to Sydney for a day. And um, he he's just wonderful. You know, he's... You know, probably one of Australia's best harmonica players. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. just very emotional, very just very natural player. Mm-hmm. Like, not contrived, just plays. It, it sounds like just those old blues records. You know. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's great. So good. <laughs> and um, when when we spoke on the podcast, you were talking about you know getting to meet Chris Kane and you know working with with the guys meant so much to you and then he brought you invited you out to the state so was it late 2017 so that was where, we, where we last picked up picked off from yeah 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 well i've done that now so. that's killer man tell me uh, about that how did that go oh man it was unbelievable like um so i've never been to the states so that was a great way of you know great first introduction and um i just remembered being uh, waiting at um, so Susie is Chris Susie Tyler Chris's uh, manager and girlfriend um, who's been doing some wonderful things I might add uh, for Chris's uh, work and he's just you know playing everywhere from you know, Russia to Italy to to everywhere to Argentina and um, he basically um, that they ordered that they they organised a bunch of gigs for me um, and I just re- remember being picked up in this little Daihatsu with like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fumes of pot, <laughs> like a like a Ching and Chong film, you know, <laughs> and, 
and like my drummer Tony came with me, my drummer, yeah. and like you know we don't smoke, you know, and and you know I mean I, I know guys that do, but it's it was like just something out of a cartoon, and Chris <laughs> is a very cartoon type character, so right, it was it was just a funny introduction, and and but it was it was very welcoming. Um, they picked us up, and straight away we hit you know the traffic over there is just unbelievable, and it, and it you know that you can even when you think you're leaving earlier enough, sometimes you're not. Um, and I remember Chris was a little late for that first key that we did. Um, and it was just everything from that, that point on the start of that tour was just, it never stopped. It was just relentless. So that was the very first key I played at, at uh, biscuits and blues, which was, you know, basically, you know, this, one of the most famous little blues bars in San Francisco, buddy guy, yeah, Eric Clapton. Yeah. I mean, everyone's played there and, um, that was awesome. And, uh, then, so we did about eight um, gigs on that first trip, and then I went over again um, about six months later, and uh, I did some work with the same band that Chris put me with, which was an amazing band actually. Dwayne paid on bass, uh, who is on all the Four Brothers records and all the Blues Rocket stuff from, um, you know, all the those wonderful old recordings mm-hmm. that Patrick Ford, Robin Ford's brother, uh, you know, produced. And uh, I had Nate Ginsberg on keys, who uh, was in Herbie Hancock's Monster Band, and you know the list goes on. The, gu- the guys that we played with, the jams and stuff. Um, there was Jim Pugh from Robert Cray's band. I mean, it was just, and they just at some of these clubs, you know, they were just they're just like little kind of little bars, you know. At some of the places we're playing, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and you said it's kind of mind blowing. You go, Jesus, this is just insane. Like if these guys are in Australia, they'd be playing some like the Enmore, and here they are, you know, uh, just sitting in at a jam yeah. at this at the poorhouse, and you know. But wonderful history some of these places have, and that's just it's tradition, you know. Um, serving the, uh, you know, this one place called it was called the Poorhouse Bistro. Um, in San Jose, and they serve all the traditional New Orleans style food, or the Cajun stuff, and wow. um, it was yeah, it's just a whole other culture there. You know, it's very music music based, and yeah. a lot of blues. So yeah, it was an awesome couple of trips. So yeah, very cool, man. That's that's fantastic. So uh, so it's all uh, West Coast. Those bunch of dates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there's. You know, the, the style, I guess, um, a lot of the stuff was from, you know, basically from all the traditional stuff that that, that came through it in the early, um, you know, from, from way back. Um, there's still, the oldest bar there um, is uh, a place called The Saloon, which is in San Francisco. We're, we haven't actually played there. I mean, that that's, that's a very uh, old pub. It's not really like a... a you know, uh, an exclusive music venue or anything like that. But um, we uh, second time around, I went. I went to go in that place, and just the stories you hear and the people that you meet. That um, I think, you know, I don't know. I just have so much respect for those guys because that was the music that I grew up listening to. Yeah, sure. And you know, to some people, when I say, you know, um, you know, Four Brothers or uh, you know, a Chris Kane or I mean, Chris you know chris was getting his name a little more out there and it, i mean that guy should just be known on every blues record store i mean he's getting his name out there more more now i mean not most people um in the states know who he is you know um but um it's like 
you know, it's for me, it's very personal because I grew up listening to that music. So yeah, sure, sure, mm. that's cool, man. Hey, your your new record, just to to keep talking about America, you you reference a lot of American geography in in your own stuff, or you know, there's, there's references <laughs> to uh, Mississippi, the Down in Mississippi cover and the the Missouri skies and the the New Orleans tune. Is that is that just a happy yeah. accident, or is that um oh, well, look, with was the I, yeah that was an accident really i mean for that record um i uh um so i mean to answer specifically on those three tracks down in mississippi is a jb Leonard song yeah and it was kind of made famous from from crossroads the movie crossroads and um i love jb Leonard's writing um and uh, uh Beyond Missouri Skies, it's it's quite a personal track for me. Uh, that song, um, the chorus is like, does heaven have a phone? It was, it was written for my older brother um, who passed away when I was 20. And um, that song, and I can talk about that now. I, there was, it took me a very, a very, very long time when, you know, I'm 37 now. It's taken nearly 20 years to be able to sort of process it and everything and, sure. and write about it. And um, I'm really... Uh, you know, really happy. I wrote a song for him. It was kind of self-counseling in a way. Missouri Skies. It's funny because Steve Hunter wrote a post on Facebook. I, I I jam on that track a little bit. And I put these little videos up on on Facebook, and Steve Hunter said, "Hey, isn't that a Pat Metheny album?" And I was like, "Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a Pat Metheny Beyond Missouri Skies." But um, the funny thing was, it was like an album that we we both loved. Um, or it was it was an album that the um uh. When I remembered the the cover, I don't know. This sounds a bit weird, but the cover in itself sent this image uh, form, and that's the start of the song. It's about the sky, it's about the dust, and, and it's it was very like about uh, you know environmental sort of thing. Um, it, it was like just a, a painting a picture sort of thing. And then I didn't even realize I was writing a song for him until I sort of got to like halfway through the second verse, and I went, "Hang on," okay. and all this stuff. And so it's you know there's those those three verses it's very obvious towards the end of the song and so i just i didn't want to call it as heaven over phone or you know it, i i felt look why not call it that it's a good name so you know it is it is american you know um and then the other one yulene's woman uh is just it just felt like a cool song for uh uh at the time it was just it was just a, a thing that went in from my head i mean i guess when you listen to a lot of American music and a lot of American blues, some of these things just come in your head, you know, and, and that's like if it's if it feels good to sing, um, and you've already got the story, well, you know, it you know, that's that's how it it, it panned out. Sure, you know? sure, yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, those ones it's funny you say that, I haven't thought about that. It is very American um, oriented, it sounds very American, and it's even a rattlesnake on the front cover. You know, it should be like a King Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all good, man. It's all all good. Um, I mean, that New Orleans tune that that evokes, you know, that kind of chicken picking, that greasy, funky New yeah. Orleans kind of vibe. I thought, anyway, man, that's great. And obviously, yeah, down in Mississippi is that is the cover, and um, and yeah, and the Missouri skies. I mean, thank you for sharing it. I'm sorry. You have to go through all that. That's that's hard, a hard thing for yeah, anyone. Yeah, but you know, it's it's hard, and it's it's it, you, you kind of never really get over with it. But you work on, yeah. you work on ways on how you deal with it. And for me, for me, music's been um, my savior. Really has, you know. So it's been, you know, when I um, I wrote that song a long, long time ago, 
and um, I wanted to record. I could never even, I could never get through. In fact, sometimes, um, actually, just two nights ago at the at Lazotte's, I got to the third verse and I started kind of my throat started swelling up for the last two lines. You know, it always hits me that track when I do it. Um, but I just, it's and the guys know it's a it's a sensitive song as well. And I'm, you know, where they're playing so well at the moment, and you know they've just been playing with Josh Smith, and um, we did a few album launches in Sydney. We've got one coming up in Melbourne on the 29th or something, but they are playing so well and they just did this song justice, man, when they played. I mean, they did every song um, so well, um, but this one always really sticks. And it, it's uh, it's even more intense playing it solo as well, you know, like last uh-huh. couple of gigs were like, you know, I, I love that. I mean, I, I it's really, I find it hard. Like sometimes... Um, you know, this is what I'm doing full time now, uh, music. So on Friday night, I did a gig at the Club Willoughby. There was like seriously 10 people in the room <laughs> and it was three sets, you know. And then the next night I'm playing in front of a whole a whole hall, of, you know, like there's 150 or something, m- maybe more. And, and it's like that intent, that adrenaline, that intense sort of feeling is like what you live for, you know. It's that. Um, but the hard thing is, I think, is going from that, you know the Sydney environment. I'm, I do want to sort of be moving out of Sydney in the next few years, uh, a future plans. But uh, for now, I'll get whatever gig I can do, and <laughs> if it's big or small or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, man. Cool. Yeah. Hey, on the end of that track, you've got like a really long play part where you're just wailing. That that's a really special part of the, of that tune. And um, I don't know if you've done this much before. I, it seemed new to me. You've got you know you're doing some harmony guitars and then. They, they kind of break you know, into counter melodies and things. That wasn't kind of mixed to my liking, uh, to be to be absolutely honest. So that was a very quick mix. I had one review on it before, had to get them pressed. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably be doing a slight remix of the album, just which just with little things like that. I mean, I'm, we're very happy with the way the album's come out. And Simon Cotsworth's a wonderful producer and stuff, and he really balanced the stuff well. But um, that thing was really fun because it felt like... Um, Kind of my homage to um, Eric Clapton's Layla. I grew up on that. The cream yeah, of yeah. Eric Clapton. Um, I used to, you know, my dad used to play that around the house all the time. And um, you know, there's that there's that section where there's the double, the harmonising guitars. Yeah, yeah. At the end. That's kind of what I wanted to do on that one. I thought, man, this is just, you know, we'll whack some piano on there. The piano could come out, you know, could cut through a little bit more. It's a huge sound. Like, I mean, and you could probably mix it so many different ways, you know. Um, but yeah, that was fun adding the, adding the second guitar and <laughs> having, and that was just pretty much improv. There, there was a set line, there was a melody line, yeah. um, and I'm just doing thirds and then, uh, it just got a bit boring to stay on that one theme. So the rest, like they kind of both kind of start improvising yeah, in different. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it's fun, man. Yeah. Nice. We should, um, I should back up a little cause I'm, I'm jumping into your record, but, um, no, no, go ahead. Well, Whatever just you want, man. one last question before I yeah. Before um, touring with Josh Smith, which you just mentioned, that's that's great, man. What a great gig to pick up. And that guy is a serious player. That it it was it was like um, I've seen some you know I've seen quite a bit of his stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I haven't been like a you know I mean there's there's so many guys out there on online that you sort of just go from, you know it's so easy to go from one to the other and especially that jam track central side it's like god who's this new dude you know and it's you know it's like oh my god listen to this guy um so josh was one of those guys who's kind of on my radar um well he became on my radar because my band was doing the gig and they were like man you check out this guy and um and the jed Ullman, who 
they got me for the support. Um, you know, I'm very grateful for that. But I was really blown away with like he is a monster player. I mean, he's he's just he's the cream of the crop of, of blues guitar in my opinion. He, he he's you know he's kind of like um, I don't know. He's got this wonderful uh, hybrid picking you know from the chicken picking influences so he's got that um brings that to the table with the blues stuff and uh and 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 most importantly for me is the songwriting like his set was just really cool the guys had to learn all these songs uh, there's some great songs in there like how long the pusher um i mean just all really cool songs um and arrangements and really um held it well as a trio you know, like some some guys kind of you know, hard work as well. I mean, he's got a lot of yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing that stuff all the time, and he's just playing all night, man. He was just relentless. So that that <laughs> oh, was great, cool. and and it always hits me when I'm when I uh, open for a guy like that, um, or or you know when I was playing with Chris and just jamming with him, and you know those shows there. You can't help but be affected by that. I'm I'm always back in my little cave, picking up my guitar again, just going, man, what was that? You know, yeah. let's get that thing down. You know, or kind of just, you know, just checking yourself, man. Like, or something that you've done that you think could be worked on, or just taken a little bit further. You go, no, nah, I know I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna muck around with anything else because it's gonna take away time from practicing on this thing or whatever. It's kind of prioritizing whatever you want to you know work on but they're very influential playing with these guys it's just tremendous you know yeah that's great man that's so good awesome man so bad whiskey so it's just come out it's probably three or four weeks um been been released i guess where where did you record it what was the what was the process like for that uh we recorded in Sydney in at Balmain uh, at a, a French studio, Sean Rudd. So I've done some gigs with him. He's a bass player um, and engineer. And we, we filmed and recorded that at The Vault. And then I did uh, – so not all of that stuff was live. I mean, there's five live videos of us recording – you know, we, we had a whole camera crew and everything on this, on the on the day, um, on the three days, uh, and but we I did uh, some overdubs in my studio uh, for the guitar solos, yeah. because we're more or less focusing on just getting the rhythm stuff down and sure. and and you know it also would give me a bit more time, you know when you're doing a record you just you want to have a few cracks at a solo you don't want to just do one and you know. We, we, I wanted to make this a good record and, you know, also paying tribute to my brother and, um, you know, they came out really well. We also had keys that had to be overdubbed later as well. So the footage you see, the solos and the keys is done at, were done in my studio. And the keyboard player, Shannon Stitt, is uh, someone we've used for about 20 gigs now and he's just, you know, he's just awesome. He did it recently just did a gig with... Um, Karen Andrews, uh, Miss Murphy, um, you know, absolutely amazing singer, yeah, and yeah. he's played with everybody. And you know, it just to, it's, so I feel privileged when he's playing with us, and he he totally digs the gig as well. And now I've got some footage I'll be play, I'll be putting on Facebook really soon of him just tearing it up, and the stuff he plays just over a blues man is unbelievable, and it's it's inspiring. We feed off each other, and it's the band is really cooking. So you know. It's good. He's he's brought some great stuff to that album. It's great, man. I, I do like how you've um, your last few projects. You, you film a lot of the recording um, process, so we can we can check it out. That's, yeah, that's heaps good. Film nerd. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I like doing it. I mean, it's it also. I think also I have a bit of a tendency. Um, I think we all do um, with this day and age. Like, I mean, I'm, from what I've spoken to other guitar players, um, when you're playing a solo, of it's 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 so easy to sort of like at the end of a solo or might be just the ending of something um, to kind of try and fix it or kind of just try and you know like do do the solo in two chunks. I know a lot of guys do that, do the pre-record, let's fix that ending line or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, you, you know, that's the tools are there to do that. But the beautiful thing about having a camera on you is you can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you play it and, yeah, I mean, there are many times where I'll have the camera on and I'll go for a take and it's like, oh, man, I'm not feeling it today. Or, you know, it's just if I'm rested, we're rested, and uh, the energy's there. It's just the best feeling in the world, just getting that take. And that's how man- music's meant to be. You know, it's like I really believe that. It's the, the my favorite recordings, mostly are live recordings. You know, because everything's just it's the interact interaction with everybody. It's um, reacting to the song. Uh, and this is another thing that I do in my recordings. I make sure the vocals recorded first, so I can actually react to the song with the solo. Okay. You know. Yeah. So you can kind of talk. You know, it's a conversation. The whole thing is like, it's a package. Um, it's not like insert the solo or let let's try and nail this really cool lick. You know, press press stop. Got it. Let's record another thing. You know, it's stuff like that. Is just you know, it's. It just doesn't. It's not creative for me. It's just it, it lacks this creative flow. You know. I mean, it, you can get you can get stuff to happen. You know. Um, but uh, I mean, that's why I love filming the stuff. Also, to expose the band. Um, a big part of filming this album was to expose the band, the new songs. Uh, we're very happy with this lineup. You know, Tony and Rob really are. Um, I think one of the best rhythm sections in Australia. I mean, they they really cut Josh's gig. Like every time I, you know, that. Um, I saw them play on Friday night after I came from my gig at the club Willoughby. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, every sound guy was like, man, who's this band? And I said, I said, oh, that's Rob Ewan and Ted. It's my band. I, I'm very proud of them. I mean, they did the work. They, they, they did countless rehearsals for it, and they have just, you know, formed this very cool relationship, you know. So, yeah. And Josh was happy as well. So that's great. I'm still. I'm sorry. I'm talking Josh about Josh a fair bit. I'm still buzzing from you know, uh, yeah, helping out and 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 watching him do his oh, thing. Oh, for and sure. Of course, man. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the first track, "Bad Whiskey," it's a, it's a rock and shuffle. Um, man, there's some really cool sort of outside lines that you're you're mixing with more straight ahead blues stuff. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Which has yeah. always been part of your deal. I know. Yeah, there's there's a few little things that you know you you know um, I always I I can't I, I just get bored sticking to the straight pentatonic and there's just a few little things that I'll put in um, I mean there's still stuff now that I'm like you know I get bored with and I'm trying to make you know I'm just trying to change that each time and and keep things fresh that solo was a very very organic solo a friend of mine um let me his telly. Uh, for that and seriously it was like the first thing I played on the telly was that solo oh wow and it was weird because usually I'm very you know if I've got another guitar other than the yellow strat I've got to think you know where that telly was kind of just it was set up so well it was just like bang didn't I you know and I've never recorded on a telly before so I really I really dug that guitar and I think I will get a telly at some point um and the, the other solo was um down in Mississippi but um, yeah, there's some outside stuff in there, you know, 
typical sort of triad down a semitone, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for for a few seconds and then back to the blues. And <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man. Uh, it's a cool some, recipe. You know, some actual diminished stuff. I love that sound. Um, again, it's it's from the Robin Ford stuff. Um, you know, probably my all-time favorite guitar player. Um, and it's just, you know, again, it's just using that salt and pepper just a, a bit here and there, and it just creates, you know, just a twist for your ear and uh, keeps things a bit different, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I loved, um, I got to your master class back in August, and I loved it. It was so inspiring to just to get a, yeah, that's right. a peek that's inside. Right. Yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it, man. Yeah, my, my, my very small master class, you know, there's some problems with some publicity there. But, <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for coming down to that. That's great, yeah. No, I mean, that's exactly all the stuff that I talked about on that. That's, you know, that's basically all I do. I mean, it's, it's some you know it's it's one thing i really work on because i'm very drawn to that sound of, mm-hmm. of and, it's a, and it's a real juggle like it's, it's not a, it's it's like taking um taking those things uh you know like i mentioned before like a triad down the semitone or like a melodic minor upper semitone on the five chord or upper semitone on the four chord if you're going from a one to a four um those little things there is so much stuff you can you know it is never ending, you know, like jazz players. Uh, you know, it's it's something that once you sort of get the bug for, um, you, you're just constantly drawn to that sound and it's it's addictive. That's definitely one of my – probably why I like, you know, guys like, you know, early Larry Carlton, Robin Ford, you know, Chris puts it in his playing, uh, Josh, you know. It's, uh, it's just refreshing to the ears and, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, we mentioned that track down in Mississippi. Um, you got Brett Garson on that track. How did that come about? I do. Um, well, so Tony did a, sh- a few shows with him for, I think it was like a guitar head or headstock or something. Oh, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That. So he did, Brett was on that and um i was joking with rob because i was trying to, he, he recorded on two tracks actually on the album straight talker and down to mississippi um so yeah basically i tony put me in touch with brett and i gave him a song and you know he uh, did a great job uh it's 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 awesome actually having someone like that on the album for i mean what's so wonderful with 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 his quality of playing is like he just sent me one track and that was it. And there was no need for revisions or anything, you know, it uh-huh. was just perfect. You know, the guy's an absolute monster. And the, the, the track straight talker, I spent like a week with a slide on my finger trying to nail this stuff myself for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't play slide regularly. And since that moment, I've actually learned slide a bit. I've, you know, I bought one the other day and um, I've, I've learned myself, you know, learned a couple of songs on it. And I think that's what helped, you know, with that frustration of not being able to get this thing down and then going, hang on, I need someone, you know, that can do it. Um, and Rob, Rob and I were joking at, at lunch before, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking, shit, we better get this done because it's the last thing, thing done, needed for the album. We've got our launches coming up. Mm-hmm. And the tracks are only half mixed. So um, we actually joked about getting Brett and we thought, you know, like, oh, as if we'd be able to get Brett Garcia, like he's probably way too busy or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, next morning he gave me a call and, you know, it was great. And he's he's a lovely guy. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very efficient, 
you know, will tell you when he's going to get the stuff done, you know, if I want anything changed. And the the actual chorus for Down in Mississippi, he actually came up with. I there, there was a few little lines I gave him guides for, but then it got to this point where I was just like, I, I can't, I can't uh, have this thing on my finger anymore. I just <laughs> think of something, man, you know. And he he came up with this part for the chorus, and it was exactly the part I was kind of envisioning. And so, you know, just wonderful musician to work with. You know, yeah. I love his playing; just amazing. So. And he filmed that as well, because I noticed you've been able to add that to your footage. He did. The story with the filming on that uh, is he originally filmed his stuff in a garage uh, at, at his studio, which is basically like a kind of a garage. And it wasn't kind of going to go too well with the actual um, – because I Phil Edwards, who was the producer of um, production films uh, – performance films, sorry um, – uh, uh, you know, allowed me to put some input on the ed- editing side. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, first thing was first, like I said, man, I, I need to get Brett filmed. He needs to sort of mime those parts again. So he did that. I mean, the solos were easy enough that he could mime those things, sure. you know. So those are actually mimed in the actual live sessions, but, you know, just to make them look a little bit better and, and whatnot. But, you know. <laughs> sure. The things you do. <laughs> yeah, man. I've, I've I've plugged into a pot plant for a, a live inverted commas video before so you know you can, oh yeah you can do whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey the um you're planning to make a video for this song though a, a separate music video with a like a tribute to jb lenoir the the composer do you want to talk through that yeah yeah absolutely um i'm glad you mentioned that actually um so i um so I th- I started to fall in love with his music when I I did my I did an arrangement he's down in Mississippi and what I discovered about the guy was he uh, for the time of you know it was around the sixties he was writing you know about stuff that not a lot of other blues artists were writing about very political issues um, a lot about war and um, a lot about racism as well and uh, you know kind of you know, kind of like the Bob Dylan of the blues um, and that he, you know, it's kind of pushing the, the boundaries at the time. And so basically I wanted to do a tribute to him, pay homage to to his work by doing a, a film clip for his Down in the Mississippi um, track. And I discovered this, uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted footage of cotton picking, like real cotton picking back in the 1930s and stuff. So I started a GoFund um, campaign that um, I'm actually, you know, it's a few days in. I've already got nearly a couple hundred bucks. Um, I don't need that much money for it. It's, it's about a thousand dollars is the goal, but the footage is very expensive. You know, I've, just, I've got a second baby here. <laughs> it's like everything's adds up. So I, I wasn't going to do it just merely because, you know, one little piece of footage is like seven, $70 for like, you know, 20 seconds of footage, you know, because it's very hard to come by this stuff. So I thought, look, if I could start a GoFund and then anyone that um, donates, then I give them an album or mail an album out. You know, they're kind of buying the album and they uh, also helping a, a good thing. So that I, I bought my first bit of 1930s footage the other day and I'll be sort of putting some stuff on my Facebook wall to sort of give you give you guys a bit of a picture of how I'm sort of putting it together. But I think the, the film thing, I'm getting quite savvy in um, Final Cut because of all these guitar videos I put together. Yeah, great. 
And so for me, it was, and it was very fun actually putting together. Well, fun maybe not the word. It was very time. It was it was fun once it was finished, but <laughs> it was, it's quite time consuming putting together. I mean, I did most of the editing for the live the vault sessions um, with with Tony and Rob and Shannon. And, um, the uh, this thing is really cool. Like I, I can see this thing really happening. It's a very atmospheric track. It's a wonderful song. Um, and uh, I really recommend anyone that's in the blues checking out JB Lena's writing. You know, it's uh, something very special, and I'm sure there's a lot to be, you know, you know, uh, gained from uh, learning some of his songs for sure. Great, great man. Um, you said you did a lot of the guitars at home. Are you still using your Kemper for the, for those main tones? Uh, for yes, I am. In fact, I'm recording an album right now with. Uh, this is sort of taking me back to the the states uh, with uh, basically it's nearly the four brothers band. I've got uh, Dwayne Payne and Nate Ginsburg. I'm using the Kemper. Um, look where I am at the moment. I've had to move into an apartment, so it's um, you know as a, as you know as a guitarist and the way of the world is you know these things are getting so damn good that it's like you know. Um, that will allow me to record the sounds I want in a little apartment without, you know, yeah, amazing. You know, getting people really angry and stuff like that. Yeah. But I have to say, when I was in San, San Jose and we had Walter Jeb playing some slide on the record and he had a amp, big amp mic'd up and everything, um, man, it was that's a great sound too. And I, I really would like to do more of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, maybe maybe next trip as well. But this this next record's nearly done. It's called A Day in San Jose and uh it's just it's a blues album it's it's all covers but it was just something that um tony and i wanted to do while we're there um and it will have andy just on harmonica from you know uh the four brothers and uh we're hoping that we can get chris kane on there um so chris chris said he'd do it but chris is like always you know he's so busy you know and he's also he'll kind of just say say stuff like oh man i'll do that but it's like pinning him down to do it is the next thing you know what i mean <laughs> sure. so, you know i mean our hopes are quite uh, high that he will and and uh, the people that are on the record are his very close friends and you know and i'm sure um you know it's going to be a great record i'm i'm sure some good will come out of it you know some some fun moments there. Yeah, cool. That's that's great, man. Um, so will that be like a Simon Kenny Lewis record, or will it come under some other other name? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't really want it to be that. It's it, it's it will have just everybody on there. Um, you know, Nate Ginsberg, who's on piano. He like, plays amazing, beautiful piano on that man. He's just it's just so organic. His solos in the studio, and I filmed most of it. <laughs> so of course gonna you be, did. <laughs> you'll see it you'll see all it soon um Dwayne Pate is just great and he's you know they're all fun guys to hang with um I've got to know them a little more um the last the second trip and um and Andy uh who play, you know has toured to Australia a few times he's headlines you know the Threbo Blues and a bunch of festivals out here I really can't wait to have him on there um he's uh he's just awesome and uh, you know, and Tony um, just did a great job as well. You know, so it's a, it's a very organic sort of thing. So we'll just have like you know the names of who's going to be playing on there. Yeah. 
and uh, it's just going to be called A Day in San Jose because that's what it was. It was like nine tracks done in a day at Reed's Recording Studios and in San Jose and the, the studios over there are so cheap and so good and there's so many of them, you know. It was like, wow. <laughs> it's amazing. So when I said to Tony, we were doing uh, some shows in Melbourne and we are driving back, I said, why don't we, why don't we record something? And and uh, and Tony's like, oh yeah yeah yeah. I said I said no, like this trip, like t- in the states, you know, you just and he goes, oh oh yeah, totally, you know. So um, it was like three hundred fifty dollars a day, um, wow. and you know, like that's US, but a day and great engineer, and the guy was so efficient, great sound, and you know, it's like <laughs> so yeah. I mean, while whilst we're there, you know, it was like well, might as well. <laughs> I was still finishing. I was still waiting on mixes to come through from Bad Whiskey. So okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Why not? While you're there, that's that's killer. That's great. So, man, what's what's coming up now? So you've still got some Bad Whiskey launches around the place. Is that right? Yeah. Um. Like the the gig I'm really looking forward to is our December one at the Spotted Mallard uh, in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So that would be our only uh, Melbourne launch. We've done three um, in Sydney, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing uh, Bluestone Blues Festival um, uh, for New Year's in Melbourne. Oh, so I'm I'm doing a little trip down there on the last week, and the Spotted Mallard, which um, oh I should oh, yeah 29th <laughs> yeah. is the date right. So 29th of December at the Spotted Mallard, and we have the Kevin Buckingham Band opening for us, um, and uh, we have Tim Holzman also, a great slide player, uh, opening for us there as well. So um, the 29th of December, Spotted Mallard, the, we're flying the guys down. Um, it's going to be a blast, and yeah, it's. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, every every time we do we, we do a show of the album, it's just so fun for me because, you know, when we recorded the album, it was kind of a little fresh the songs were fresh and now we we know them so well and mm-hmm. it's just we can play with them more and the interactions just you know really fluent and just fun you know it's just really really fun <laughs> excellent man that's great that's great well the record sounds fantastic so yeah i can only imagine how it's grown live that's really cool yeah it has yeah nice man and 2019 anything in the works for for next year, or are you just um, trying to round out? Yeah, I've got some. Um, yeah, I've got some dates in. I mean, I'll, I'll be updating this the site again soon. We've mm-hmm. got um, so we are at Golden Blues Festival, and we're at Tumbara uh, Festival, um, and I am doing supports for Chris Kane in May. I've got six shows there. Oh, He's great. playing all over, um, and we'll be going back to June. Uh, so to to the states in June. Um, with to um, to promote bad whiskey and a day in, a, in San Jose, and um, we're looking at you know the Fountain Blues Festival and you know uh, the shows aren't confirmed yet, but we're we're on there right. We're, we're working right now on it, so Great, it's going to be fantastic. a big year. I I feel um, I think this album in particular, we've just sent my managers just sent a bunch out to all the uh, you know Australian blues and roots contributors. And friends and and uh, you know people that we feel you know we you know Matt Sheard from Super Amps and um, you know just people that have supported me and helped me out you know in any way friends that have you know know how hard it is to 
to be a musician full time that have just gone out of their way to help me with, with all this stuff. It's been amazing. So um, we've sent all those out, and we're looking forward to uh, you know we've we've got some uh, you know interviews with some good uh, presenters in the states and stuff coming up as well. So Excellent. you know possibly some live TV performances as well next year, and so a whole bunch of stuff. It's 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 really you know it's it's been great. I mean this album for me is really special because it's it's the band that I'm playing with, you know, it's yeah, my band, yeah. you know, and it's not like, you know, I've hired a session guy, drummer, or it's like, hey, learn these songs. Like, we're playing these songs. It's it's in our blood now when we do these tracks, and the guys are just, as I said before, they're on fire. Like, it's just next level since they played with Josh, so I've got Josh Smith to, to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were doing okay beforehand, but, yeah, I, I, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, they were okay before, but, you know, it's like they, just, they really brought it to the table these last shows, so it's just awesome seeing them, you know, at, at the top of their, their level. Yeah. Really... <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so good. Well, man, I'm so happy for you, and I know I know you've worked incredibly hard to to build your career to this point. So it's a, it's really a combination of yeah. great things happening to you, but you've, you know, you've put the yards well, in, the hard yards Thanks in. to guys like you as well, Matt, for the support, you know, it's, uh, and, and, you know, what a great podcast you have and, um, you know, and, you know, just the some of the people that you've interviewed, you know, interviewed are just some of my favorite guitar players. And I just think that's, you know, I, I really value, you know, you know, people with your integrity and efforts and stuff, keeping, you know, people aware that there's some great music out there and keeping people informed, you know. And people are coming to town or an artist. I mean, I remember when I nearly missed Robin Ford when he came out and, you know, it was like, God, I don't know what I've I've about to live with myself if I missed him, <laughs> you know, when I was growing up and yeah. you know, you had all these records and stuff. But yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a really great podcast and I really really do appreciate it oh thank you thank you so much that that means a lot and um and thank you for coming back and thank you for being on it twice because uh yeah we think you're great so thank you man i'll keep you posted with the uh, with the videos <laughs> yes i'll keep my and we'll um we'll stick all your links on our on this um on our show notes for this podcast but yeah if anyone just google simon kinney lewis you're going to find um your website and a heap of really great stuff as well great man Cheers. All right. Well, mate, thanks again. And, um, yeah, I hope to catch you at a show soon. Awesome, mate. Thank you very much. All right. There you go. Simon Kinney-Lewis. Great to have him on the show. He's a fantastic bloke and an incredible musician. And uh, it's great to see him doing so well. So please check out those links in the show notes. Check out the new album, Bad Whiskey. And, uh, yeah, great stuff. I'm super proud to have a world-class blues rock musician hailing from my hometown of Sydney and doing fantastic things. All right, just about to go, but before I do, just a bit of news. You can listen to this show through Spotify now. You can subscribe and do all that kind of stuff. So if you're on Spotify, there you go. Of course, you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, heaps of ways to get the show. And if you haven't subscribed yet, um, do it because you'll get the show delivered free to your device every single episode. All right, thank you so much for joining me. My name is Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, and I'll catch you next time. Bye now.